this uh, recording, uh, we are going over our Bible study on Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28, to chapter 6, verse 4. And today uh, we're going to broach topics about Christ and the church, also uh, marriage between husband and wife, uh, but also uh, uh, children, parenthood. And very important parts here that I think uh, that you all need to hear. So if you're hearing me right now, keep on, stay tuned, and may this word go well with you. Why don't we uh, start with a word of prayer. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Uh, bless us as this word uh, continues to edify and root us in your promise of the gospel. Bless us, O Lord, in in your grace as you die uh, for your bride, the church, but also bless us in our uh, in our families, in marriage, uh, in parenthood. Lord, grant us wisdom uh, to properly uh, uh, discern and faithfully live according to your word. Lord, for all these things we are thankful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, again, this is Pastor um, Ernie Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. And uh, what a great uh, time it is to be here with you today, uh, wherever, however, in whichever way to which you are listening to this, uh, I pray that this word may go well with you. But today, Ephesians 5 and 6, I think one of uh, a really common wedding text uh, about husbands and wives and what we ought to do. A, a very good gospel text, of course, as they are all connected. But also, I think for the padres, you know, for the fathers, the pops uh, in the world, another reminder of the vocation uh, of what we are called to do for our children. I think I want you fathers, fathers, we all need to continue to man up and be faithful to what God has called us to do. And that's what we're going to seriously uh, talk about today. Not like we're never serious, but <laughs> the Word of God, that we continue uh, to be uh, drawn back uh, to what is good, right, and true according to His Word. Now today, I have the diagram. This is what we are going to go over. And hopefully we can get through this, and my always goal is 30 minutes. We'll see if that is the case. If not, sorry. All right. Why don't we begin here? Do you have your Bibles out? Get your Bibles out and turn to Ephesians, that is right after Galatians, and there we see uh, chapter 5, verse 28. You ready? All right, let's go. All right, so uh, before we get into 28, it's, it's uh, remember, St. Paul, again, look, uh, go back to our previous Bible studies, and there you will find uh, more discussion on the previous verses that we covered in the prior, uh, in the prior YouTube, uh, uh, the text of, uh, of Ephesians 5. Uh, but today we're continuing on with husband and wife. Now, Verse 28 says, In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Right? So, in the same way, right? In the same way. This points to Christ dying for his bride, the church. 
right? So in that scope of, of the sacrificial gift of Christ, there in the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own body. Think about that. It says, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Now, why is this very important? What is always the, uh, the, the temptation in any marriage is to, th- is to think that you are actually two bodies trying to get along. Now, Again, when we look at Christ in the church and the gospel, dying for his bride, the church, but also marriage, it is uh, of the same in a sense where uh, just as uh, the gospel brings us to the reconciliation, that oneness with God, uh, there in marriage, husbands, um, as Christ died for his bride, the church, are called to love their wives in this one body, in this oneness. Now, very important, right? Because this one body language, St. Paul really uses in a sense where through the one body, uh, we, we proceed in loving our wife um, in that one body rather than two. Now, I say that because uh, a lot of times it, uh, the great conflict in any marriage is that we are two different entities, that sometimes we're on different teams. Sometimes we are on different groups. And there we're always trying to reconcile that group by our own human efforts. Yes, of course, there is a human work to be done in marriage to communicate and, and to do all these things. But yet even more so, what marriage is rooted in, as St. Paul is uh, teaching us here today, is in Christ Jesus. And in Christ, as we're both covered in the body and blood of Jesus, there we are reconciled to his name, and there, as Christ is our root, our foundation, uh, there we proceed as one in Christ. Very important. Right. For those who have been married for uh, who are newlyweds, who've only been married for, let's say, a couple of years, five years, 10 years, even 50 years. This rings true with however long you have been married. And this is the tension that we face. Is it one body or is it two bodies? Are we on the same team or are we on different islands? Are we far apart? Uh, what is really going on here? Right. And when we think about the one body, it always gets us back to Jesus. It gets us back to uh, uh, what this gospel is all about, the profound mystery, right, of Christ and his church and the gift of marriage. Uh, I want you to ask yourself this, friends. Um, how do I view marriage, right? Is it, is it of one or is it of two? And you'll see that when we view things in two or in they're on the opposing team or they're, uh, you know, uh, we see how that manifests itself in a sense of how we serve and 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 um, uh, love them um, in our daily lives. Right. I think this one body, as I read this over and over again, what a great picture this is. So. 
Um, so in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. Right? All oneness language. All united in Christ language. And there we proceed in marriage. And that oneness again is the forgiveness of sins, is the blood of Christ. This is what unifies us, is uh, what Jesus has done for his bride, the church. Verse 29, no one ever hated his own flesh. Right? I mean, in your own body, what do you do? You eat lunch, you eat dinner, you eat breakfast, you exercise, you care for yourself, you make sure that you're not eating too many processed food, which is my favorite, right? (laughs) <laughs> um, you're not, you're, 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 you make sure that you're not uh, damaging your body by, uh, by putting um, toxins in your body. You, you take care of your body, right? And when you look at marriage, what does Jesus say here? Uh, what does St. Paul say here? No one has hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, right? Loves, cherishes, nourishes. This is how we ought to look at marriage, that we are of this one body, husband and wife, and there you nourish and cherish one another as you serve and love one another in the vocation that God has given you. One body. Remember, back in verse 22, if you have that out there, it says, wives, submit to your own husbands. Boom, right there. People say, oh man, submit. What is this all about? Remember, it's wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And today, as we talk about one body, this is not separate team stuff. This is not different team stuff. This is one body that husband is called to sacrifice, yet wife is called to receive and submit all these gifts, just as Christ dies for his bride, the church, and the church submits, receives, right? This very gift of his sacrifice, one body, not separate, not adversary, but united in Christ, one body. Very important. In that one body language, this whole text from verse 22 to 33 takes on a different color in a sense where it is not about our worldly view of what submission is, It's not our worldly view of authority and lording it over as husbands. No, right? But in in the gospel, in the word and promise of God, this text takes on a totally different picture, and that is of the blood sacrifice of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And because of it, we are members of his own body. Verse 30, just as Christ's has done for his bride as he loves uh, his bride, the church, dying for the church. We are members of his body. And in that body, right, in that body of Christ, there we proceed, again, in the order of marriage. Genesis 2, 24. Therefore, a man shall leave, and right here in verse 31 of our text, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and two shall become one flesh. One flesh. One body. One reconciled to God by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. One flesh 
in the word, one flesh by who God has placed in your life to love and serve. This is that one body language, right? Under Christ. Remember um, Genesis 2, 24, uh, Ephesians 5, 31 here. This is the order of marriage. To leave father and mother, to get married, and um, to, to hold fast and cleave to the wife, and two shall become one flesh. Uh, commandment number six, right? Uh, to be uh, sexually pure, right? Uh, to uh, before marriage and during marriage, and to honor and serve a husband and wife, one another, right? Again, just as a caveat, uh, a side note, when we take verse 31 out of order, relationships morph into something else. If we are dealing with something that is, uh, let's say, two, uh, two shall become one in this sexual union before marriage, uh, the view of the flesh takes hold and that is what that one flesh becomes in a sense where uh, it is uh, kind of uh, 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 there is that uh, uh, detachment, that disconnection from the root as our sinful flesh takes hold. And there um, our marriage, our relationship with husband and wife uh, uh, before marriage becomes totally different as the foundations are laid root in the flesh. And when foundations are laid in the flesh, we very well know not only how sinful we are ever since the fall, but how fickle we become. I mean, you just turn on the news and um, every time a commercial comes on and I, and I, you know, and there's these relationship TV shows, right? I'm not going to, uh, you know, like, like The Bachelorette or something. It, it's just the way relationships are conveyed in this day and age um, very, this is the bait and switch. This is the constant tension that we face. Um, and that is why um, when we talk about marriage and, and what marriage is for um, and what God has called us to do, it's always rooted back to Christ and his word and how easy that can be uh, replaced or displaced by the flesh, the sin, the world and the devil and all of its temptations, okay? Anyways, as we continue here, verse 32, this mystery is profound and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So husbands love your wives. This mystery is profound. As it gets back to the gospel, the picture of, uh, of, of what it means um, as Christ, as, as the bridegroom dies for his bride, the church, and what a great picture this is for husbands. A great call to, as it says in verse 33, however, let each and every one of you love his wife as himself. One body. Wife, what does it say also in that verse? Love and respect your husband in one body. Submit to your husband in one body. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ died for his bride, the church, in this one body. Same team, same team, same team. El, uh, what is it? El, el mismo, el grupo mismo, el mismo grupo, same group. I forgot, does that mismo go in the front or the back? Anyways, but the point is, is that we are on the same team, united by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And there we love and serve one another in his name, right? Same team, right? One body, right? 
um, yeah, the, um, the one body, all reconciled by the gift of the gospel. This is what uh, marriage looks like, right? It, it's Jesus. That's why if you come here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California, you know that when you receive communion, I always say the names of the husband and wife as I give both the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins, reminding them of what this unity is all about, getting them back to the one body and the vocation that God has called for husband and wife to, uh, uh, to do, right? Okay, in that order, now as husband is to sacrifice everything for his wife and wives are submit just as the church submits, just as Christ died for his bride, the church, verse one of chapter six, now we proceed to... Uh, Children, this is uh, fourth commandment stuff, right? Honor your father and mother, right? Cherish them, serve them, and obey them, right? Um, now, it says right here, children, obey your parents. What does it say right there? In the Lord. Obey parents in the Lord. Children, if you're listening to this, parents, if you're listening to this, this is how you instruct your children. To show them, again, fourth commandment, that parents and other authorities are called as God's representatives, right? We as parents are called to be the, the ones representatives of God to, to care for our children. And we'll talk about Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 in a little bit. But we are called to care for our children in the Lord. And likewise, children are to obey parents in the Lord. That means we're not, as children, we're not just obeying our parents because we have to, but actually we're obeying God. First commandment stuff, Right? We're obeying God in the Lord. We see in verse 22, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Children obey parents in the Lord. And this is a good teaching uh, moment for you parents and for you children that everything is about in the Lord. So when the children are not obeying you and they're unruly and they're just having one of those days, you simply don't strike down the hammer and say, no, don't do that, but rather teach them and say, this is what's happening, children. We are defying and rebelling against, the God, against God and his word and his command, right? Bringing it back to what this is all about and parents as well. You know, we always need to live uh, in a sense of, uh, um, um, in this spiritual uh, view of what our vocation is, and that is to love and serve our children and nurture them in the Lord. Okay, so children, um, as, we, as we hear these words that are rooted in the fourth commandment, um, it says right there, um, honor your father and mother, and that is the first commandment with a promise. And that promise is that it may go well with you and that you are to live long in the land because of it. So when we talk about that reference right there, this is back to Exodus. This is back to Deuteronomy. Uh, this is back to the time where they were 
heading towards, as you know, in the Exodus to the promised land of Canaan. Now, this was very important that on this very road, they would listen to their parents because if they didn't, they would be in great trouble, great danger. Right. So living and, 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 and listening to their parents, uh, there they would proceed to live long in the land. And that land would be the promised land, as they were referring to. But St. Paul, what does he do here? He opens it up uh, to all Christians, uh, to all who are in the Lord, saying that it will go well with you when you listen to your parents. Remember, in the Lord, in the Lord, well with you. Outside of the Lord, outside of the Lord, totally different picture, right? But in the Lord, vocation, parents, and children, it will go well with you. And this is, again, the promise that uh, the first commandment with a promise, second table of the law here, fourth commandment, first, uh, first commandment of the second table, it may go well with you. And that is the result, right? When children um, do not listen, and rebel against family, uh, against parents, uh, there are consequences to that, right? Uh, just a simple example, you know, your parents say, eat your eggs in the morning and your milk, and you say, no, I want to eat cotton candy. You very well know that you will probably have a lot of health problems in the future, right? Or if your parents say your curfew is nine o'clock and you come home at one in the morning, children, you know that uh, uh, your parents set a curfew uh, 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 just uh, so that you are safe. And when you break that curfew, there is danger that is, or po- possible danger that is at hand. And parents, as you, uh, as, as your parents uh, might tell you, it's time to go to church. There you children would say, uh, at times, say, I don't want to go, right? But when you do go, what a great gift that is to receive God's word and sacrament, right? So there's all these things that are going on in this family system. And children, it is well um, as the parents instruct you in the name of the Lord, as the parents guide you in the love of Christ, as the parents uh, uh, point you to the cross and, and the very words, the gifts of eternal life, uh, there you proceed viewing your parents as in the Lord, as God's representatives. And, and this is where it goes well with us. Now, parents, of course, this is your time, not simply to just say, I'm in charge, but rather, I have a great responsibility as to the Lord, to be a faithful parent to my children, and, and conveying, and leading, and guiding, and praying, and teaching them the very word of God. Right? It, it all goes hand in hand, because it's always about in the Lord. This is the tension. Trust me, as a pastor, there are days, long days, where let's say I come home tired and, you know, there is that sinful nature of myself that says, you know, I'm tired. I'm checking out, right? Um, Just let me take a time off of being a parent in the Lord and let me go on my own way. And that's the tension for all of us, right? I mean, I I think uh, as we get to, well, why don't we just get to verse four here? Um, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction in the Lord. Right? So what are fathers called to do? I think this is very important. I think there's a lot of misconceptions on on what uh, we are called to do as fathers, right? Uh, A lot of times fathers just simply say, well, I did my job, I brought home the bacon, and um, um, I'm good, right? Right? 
Um, I care for my children, which is great, um, in bread, in their clothes. Um, I put a roof over their head. I work hard to keep everything in line. But here we see right here, St. Paul brings it to a different level, a very important one. Uh, and that is, fathers, do not provoke your children. That is, do not um, with great severity provoke them so that they stop listening to you, that they are afraid of you, that they want no part of you, right? And I know that severity is real in this world today, fathers, right? Uh, there is, uh, but rather bring them up in discipline. Now, in our Concordia commentary series, I really like uh, the, the, the referent here. Uh, and he says... Uh, Rather, to bring the child up in the word of the Lord, and that is to discipline, in quotes, to discipline is to make a disciple. That is, to put the Lord's teachings into the child. Fathers, very important. Discipline is to make uh, disciples. That is, your child, put the Lord's teaching into them. This is what fathers are called to do. Fathers are called to teach their children, to model this faith to them, to pray for them, to read the Bible, to study, and bring them to church. Fathers are the ones who, well, at times when the children uh, do not, well, they want to do something else on Sunday morning, there you are the one who are at times even dragging them to church because you know how important this word is. Right? Fathers. I know this is our great, uh, I think for many fathers, uh, this is our great sin, is that we fail in our vocation to do this very thing, to instruct the children in the word of God. Right? Do not provoke or exasperate your children, but bring them up in discipline. Right? Making them disciples by putting the Lord's teaching into them. How do we do that? That is our very important call as fathers to teach our children the very word of God. I cannot emphasize that enough. That fathers, you are the ones that are the models. You are the ones that are in church. You are the ones that are guiding your children to this very word of God. This is your duty as a father. Uh, that is to uh, teach Verse 4, so wherever you are at, if you're listening to this, I pray that if you're struggling with this aspect, that, uh, that you continue to pray, that you, you continue to hear God's word, and there by that very word in one body of Christ Jesus, and instruct in the word of the Lord, 2 Timothy 3.16, and there, what is this word? Why don't you turn there? 2 Timothy 3.16. That all scripture breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. That the word of God is God-breathed. And there we, in this word, uh, 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 is profitable for teaching reproof and, and, and for correction and for training in righteousness. This is a big deal, fathers, to do this very thing. 
And again, we live in a world where, um, uh, where, where this is not the case. And us fathers ought to repent. And there we rest in the promise of Christ and the gospel for the forgiveness of our sins. And in that forgiveness, we proceed yet again to teach our children, no matter how young or old they are, you continue to teach them, whether you're 80 years old and they're 50 years old, whether you're 50 years old and they're 15 years old, whatever it may be, you're there as a father to teach them the words, the God-breathed Holy Scripture for reproof, correction, training in righteousness, for this will equip us as it always points us back to Christ. Remember, Ephesians 5 and 6, from marriage to family, this is all rooted in the one body of Christ. I think that's all we're going to do for today. I know that's shorter than I wanted it to be, and we made it at 30 minutes, so why don't we close there? Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Uh, Bless us, O Lord, in the vocations that you have called us into. But Lord, also, uh, Lord... um, Continue to give us wisdom uh, to discern what is true, to be led by your word, and and to rest always um, in the promise of Jesus as he died for his bride, the church. Bless us and keep us, and grant us all wisdom and joy to love and serve under your name. Lord, for all these things we are thankful, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, have a wonderful day. I love you all, praying for you all. Until next time, read this, review it, rewind, be kind, and be on your way. Until next time, Pastor Jung, Faith Lutheran Church, Moore Park, California, 93021. If you need any more sermons, devotions, Bible studies, www.faithmoorpark.com, M-O-O-R-P-A-R-K.com. FaithMorepark.com. Until next time, love you all, praying for you all. Adios and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at FaithMorepark.com.